Ay, bursátil, que hello. <risa> Isabel Olivera, medical writer for the European Hematology Association. And we have the pleasure today to have here Martina Muckenthaler, that we're going to interview about iron metabolism defects, and in particular about anemia of inflammation. Um, please, can you introduce yourself first? Thank you for the introduction. My name is Martina Muckenthaler. I'm, um, I'm heading uh, the Center for Translational Biomedical uh, Iron Research at um, the University Clinic in Heidelberg. I'm associated with the pediatric uh, hematology, immunology, pulmonology and oncology department <laughs> and uh, I'm a professor of molecular medicine um, there and I devoted my career to working on the pathomechanisms of iron related disorders and in some cases finding strategies how to therapeutically apply this knowledge. Thank you. Lately, we have improved a lot our understanding of iron metabolism mechanisms um, and this has opened the door to new treatments for conditions um, where iron metabolism is altered. So in this interview, we will give our listeners an overview of what is currently investigated in this field. And as a starting point, we want to discuss anemia and inflammation in particular. Um, can you please briefly summarize the diagnostic features of anemia of inflammation uh, that differentiates this type of anemia from iron deficiency anemias uh, in general? Mm -hmm. So, anemia of inflammation is generally associated with inflammatory disorders such as chronic kidney disease, inflammatory bowel disease or cancer. And when anemia of inflammation is present, it usually worsens the outcome of these diseases. So you really want to counteract it. How does anemia of inflammation differ from an iron deficiency anemia? So in iron deficiency anemia, you usually have a situation where the iron that you have available in your body is not sufficient um, to actually fulfill all the requirements that there are. This can be for erythropoiesis, this can be for cellular functions such as for DNA synthesis, for energy um, generation in, uh, the, in the uh, respiration that occurs in the mitochondria. So in a general iron deficiency, you do not uh, have sufficient iron present to fulfill all the needs of the body. In this situation, you usually do not have inflammation and therefore the hormonal system that controls iron metabolism is regulated as it should be uh, in response to iron deficiency. And this means the hepcidin, which is the hormone that controls iron absorption, is very low. And if hepcidin is very low, the iron export of ferroportin, which allows the import of the iron from the diet, is 
increased. So in principle, if you're now in a regular iron deficiency anemia, if you would have iron present, your stores would be filled again uh, from the diet and iron metabolism and your iron stores would be uh, balanced. This cannot happen in an anemia of inflammation. And the reason is that hepcidin levels are high in this disease. And hepcidin, this iron hormone, it responds to inflammation. Uh, in inflammatory conditions, uh, hepcidin levels are upregulated, which means you are blocking iron absorption from the diet. Mm -hmm. And um, because you are degrading the iron um, exporter, uh, ferroportein, therefore you cannot take up the iron, you cannot fill the store. And what you do have in an anemia of inflammation is what we call functional iron deficiency. And we call it functional iron deficiency because despite blocking some of the iron absorption, the major reason for the iron deficiency is that you are also blocking the iron export out of the macrophages. And macrophages are there to recycle the iron from the red blood cells um, that are aging. And if you are recycling the iron, you need this iron export function out of the macrophages. And to supply the iron back into the plasma for a new cycle of erythropoiesis. In, in iron deficiency anemia, this step is blocked. So what you have in the end, you are accumulating the iron in the macrophages and you no longer make it available um, for a new cycle of red blood cell synthesis. And if the inflammation persists, um, this will cause the anemia that we are seeing in the anemia of inflammation. How would you define the particular pathogenesis of this anemia? Mm -hmm. um, if you think about the biomarkers that you have mm -hmm. available for diagnosing uh, an anemia, mm -hmm. um, it's the hemoglobin value. And the hemoglobin value is low both in an iron deficiency anemia as well as in an anemia of inflammation. It's normal or mildly reduced in an anemia of inflammation. Um, you do have reduced iron available in the circulation. Um, this is the case for both for the iron deficiency anemia as well as for the anemia of inflammation. So for example, your transferrin saturation, which is a biomarker for the iron available in the plasma, is reduced. What differs the anemia of inflammation from an iron deficiency anemia is um, that your inflammatory markers, such as the C-reactive protein, which is commonly uh, measured in the clinic, is high. And you would not have this in an iron deficiency anemia. So your inflammatory parameters are actually what differentiates mm -hmm. an anemia of inflammation from uh, the iron deficiency anemia. In addition, the ferritin, which is our iron storage protein, but which is also a marker that you have available uh, in, in the plasma and indicates both inflammation but also iron load, overload. It's high because 
ferritin is uh, upregulated both by inflammation as well as iron accumulation, for example, in the macrophages, as I have been describing, mm -hmm. it's high, while in an iron deficiency anemia, it's low, because then it really serves as an indicator of the iron stores, and these are low. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, and so, what is currently the mainstay treatment for these patients, mm -hmm. and why is there a need for new treatments? Mm -hmm. Um, what is important is to cure the underlying disease. So anemia of inflammation, as I said, it's a consequence of, of inflammatory conditions such as chronic kidney disease, inflammatory bowel disease, cancer and others, um, autoimmune disorders for example. So if you would be able to cure the underlying condition and the associated uh, inflammation, you would be resolving uh, the anemia of inflammation, mm -hmm. but this is often not possible. So you do need, um, you do need uh, treatments that can restore uh, your uh, red blood cell levels and the hemoglobin value because, I mean, as you know, red blood cells are there to transport oxygen. Mm -hmm. If you have an anemia, your capacity to transport the oxygen is reduced, so the patients are tired, they don't feel well, they have a may have a cognitive impairment, all the features associated with an anemia, and this is usually also not good for, um, for their quality of life, for one, and also for the, possibly for the progression of the underlying um, disease that there is. Mm -hmm. What was the question what, again? So, what is the main treatment? Uh, what is the mainstay treatment? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. it's resolving the underlying disease. Mm -hmm. If this is not possible, mm -hmm. um, some of the treatments that are available, they aim uh, to reduce the inflammation. And this is usually done by treating the patients with antibodies that either bind um, to the cytokines directly mm -hmm. or to the cytokine receptors. So this is one big group of drugs that is usually applied in these patients. However, it is also important to refill the iron stores to make um, the iron available for erythropoiesis. So sometimes these patients are given a combination, and I take the example of chronic kidney disease, um, they do receive mostly intravenous iron supplementation um, together with um, erythropoietin mm -hmm. um, that will increase their red blood cell synthesis and thus well restore um, the anemia. Mm -hmm. This is not always the best treatment to give mm -hmm. um, because there are side effects associated with it. Mm -hmm. So people are now searching um, for novel therapies mm -hmm. that either increase iron absorption naturally or um, that induce erythropoietin. And well, I think there, there's a question coming up to exactly this class of drugs. 
Um, so another possibility is, of course, to reduce the hepcidin levels that are a hallmark of the, the increased hepcidin levels are a hallmark of the anemia of inflammation. And how can you do this? How can you incre uh, decrease the hepcidin levels? Mm -hmm. You can either apply antibodies against hepcidin, you can uh, apply so-called hepcidin binders that like anticalins that basically interact mm -hmm. with the hepcidin and neutralize it. Mm -hmm. There are antibodies that inhibit the interaction of the hepcidin mm -hmm. with the ferroportin, which is the receptor uh, of the hepcidin, thus allowing to increase iron absorption. These are uh, some of the options that you have in order to reduce the hepcidin levels. Um, so there are many clinical trials going on with this type of molecules. Um, there is a class of molecules called HIFPH mm -hmm. um, that seems particularly interesting because it's in the clinical phase three. Mm -hmm. Um, can you describe the mechanism of action and why is this one? So these are prolyl hydroxylase inhibitors. Um, prolyl hydroxylases hydroxylase a transcription factor called hypoxia inducible factor. It's actually a, a group of transcription factors. And the hydroxylation of these uh, transcription factors triggers their degradation. What do these transcription factors do? Um, they activate hundreds of genes mm -hmm. in pretty much each cell um, of our body. But specifically, they are also responsible um, to uh, induce the transcription of the machinery um, that is responsible for iron absorption in the gut. So all the proteins um, that are uh, responsible for the direct iron uptake from the diet, as well as the export from our duodenal intestinal cells out into the plasma, mm -hmm. are under the control of this hypoxia-inducible factor. Mm -hmm. In addition, erythropoietin that is synthesized in a very specialized cell type in the kidney is also under the control of this transcription factor. Mm -hmm. So if you inhibit the mechanism that is responsible for the degradation um, of this transcri HIF transcription factors, well, you're inducing the, um, the, 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 the HIF transcription factors you are activating the iron absorption in the gut and at the same time you are activating erythropoietin. Mm -hmm. And as you may remember, I've told you that one of the treatments for the anemia of inflammation is actually to give iron mm -hmm. and to give EPO. Mm -hmm. And so with this drug in principle, you can uh, actually hit Two flies with one. I don't know how yes. you, you really say this. I can't tr translate it from German. Uh -huh. So you are increasing iron absorption and erythropoietin and synthesis, mm -hmm. and in a in a more physiological way. Mm -hmm. And well, mm -hmm. 
physiological. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's a therapy, of yes. course. Mm -hmm. um, and um, well, you are hopefully um, resolving the anemia mm -hmm. of inflammation mm -hmm. and. This has been shown in these clinical trials that okay. indeed uh, they do act. Mm -hmm. um, and about epsidin that you have been talking about, would there be a way of employing specifically epsidin as a molecule for treatment of you uh, anemia would of inflammation? You want not? to apply no? hepcidin because hepcidin levels are high in this disease. Okay. What you want to do it's is to mm -hmm. reduce mm -hmm. um, the hepcidin. And here you have various ways of doing this. You can either have hepcidin binders, mm -hmm. so these are antibodies, these are other molecules that mm -hmm. basically um, uh, neutralize um, the hepcidin that is circulating in the plasma, or these are um, antibodies that inhibit the hepcidin ferroportin interaction. Mm -hmm. This is a direct way of neutralizing hepcidin, but you also can interfere with the pathway that is synthesizing hepcidin. Mm -hmm. And one, the, the major pathway that induces hepcidin is the so-called BMP signaling pathway, and so, for example, you can neutralize the BMPs or the BMP receptors um, in order to lower hepcidin uh, expression. So these are two ways how you actually can sort of reduce the hepcidin levels in the plasma of these patients. And these, are, um, these type of drugs are still partially in the preclinical phase or in the very first uh, clinical phases of exploration and we have to await uh, whether or not they will be successful in the clinic. Um, so to summarize, anemia of inflammation, it's a comor comorbidity um, that is apparent in many uh, uh, underlying diseases. So, <laughs> so what would be the best therapeutic strategies in, the, in each kind of disease? Do you think it would be good to have a personalized treatment depending on the type of disease underlying and also on the person? Um, what, how do you see the future for treating mm -hmm. anemia and inflammation in these different contexts of different disorders? Mm -hmm. So, the pathomechanisms that contribute um, to the anemia of inflammation indeed are different in the different disease entities that are associated with the anemia of inflammation. So, for example, in the inflammatory bowel disease, you do not really have the elevated hepcidin levels, so mm -hmm. it would not make sense um, to actually uh, reduce hepcidin levels. In some disease entities, um, you may have a direct effect on the red blood cells because uh, inflammatory cytokines not only act on the hepcidin, mm -hmm. but they can also act on the eposynthesis, they can act on the red blood cells directly and inhibit um, their proliferation and, and generation. Mm -hmm. um, so there are very different pathomechanisms 
in place that underlie the anemia of inflammation. And so indeed, in each disease entity, you have to take an, uh, an, an approach to really see what is the cause of the anemia. Whether this in the end will result in an individualized treatment, even within disease entities, I fear at least in some cases, this may be the case. So as mm -hmm. a clinician, you have to really watch out mm -hmm. what is the underlying cause of the anemia in order to resolve it. But that's not always easy to implement uh, mm -hmm. in the clinic. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for your explanation, which was extremely clear. Um, and thank you for listening. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>